everybody and welcome to another edition of Ofsted Talks, the Ofsted podcast. My name is Mark Leach and today we're going to be talking about an area of work in our further education and skills inspections. We're going to be talking about enhanced inspections of colleges. So this is inspections that particularly are focused on how colleges are meeting skills needs. Today I'm joined with two colleagues from our further education and skills team, Richard Bynun and Kate Hill. Welcome to you both. I thought I'd start with you, Richard. Perhaps we could have a little chat about why this is important and what the expectation is on colleges in terms of meeting skills needs. There's a growing force behind this, I think, that we've seen developing across the past three or four years. It came to a head, I suppose, in 2022. There was some legislation that actually directed colleges to think about their skills work. But colleges have always been the engine of skills in our economy. They've always dealt with vocational skills. They've always dealt with personal skills for a lot of learners. They've always been responsible for the upskilling of adults who come back to learning after a pause or a Mm. gap in their education. So colleges have always been there with this skills work. I think it's just that in the last couple of years, government has has focused attention on that area of colleges work. Is it sort of looking nationally or more regionally? How wide are they supposed to be casting their net? It's both, really, because some colleges, for example, land-based colleges or specialist dance and drama colleges, serve a national need. That's really interesting, Kate. So that's what we expect colleges to be doing. Our role, obviously, is to to go out and, and check that that's happening on the ground. How do we go about doing that? So we actually have usually two dedicated inspectors. One will lead on the skills aspect and then they'll have a colleague that will work with them. What they'll do is they'll spend some time talking to different stakeholders attached to that particular college. We came up with some headings and it was community, education, employers and civic When we make a call to plan the inspection, we ask that the leaders to arrange calls with their main stakeholders from those four groups. So we start to get a picture of how they're contributing to the the priority sectors in the region or area or nationally. At the same time, our team inspectors are deep diving into some chosen subjects. So if we looked at health and social care, for example, we would ask the curriculum manager to arrange for a couple of calls with some health and social care stakeholders that might come in and talk to learners, might be involved in in designing the course and, and having a say in what they think would be useful for them to learn or in what order they might need to learn things. Thanks, Kate. I suppose the big question then is, what are we finding on these inspections? We've been doing them now for a little over a year. How many have we done and what are we finding? We've completed 65 of these enhanced inspections. That's as of the end of the academic years. Out of those, we have found that four of those colleges or providers, we judged them to be making a limited contribution to meeting skills needs. 40 were reasonable and 21 were strong. 94% were strong or reasonable. It's worth saying we use a, a three scale 
criteria for this skills judgment. We don't use the normal four scale grades that we use for other things in inspection. We just say that a college is either strong in its contribution or reasonable or limited. So what's the difference? If it's strong, what are you doing that the others aren't? For a college that's strong, typically you'd find that they have a good range of stakeholders that cover different fields. They might be employers, they might be civic stakeholders, they might be community groups. So there'd be a a diversity in that range of stakeholders. Also, those stakeholders would have a good contribution to the strategic thinking and positioning of the college's curriculum. So senior leadership teams might involve stakeholders in discussions about, if you like, where the college positions itself and where it's heading uh, in, in in the broadest top level terms. But also to be Uh, strong, a college would need to have curriculum engagement with stakeholders. And that could be, for example, engineering staff when they're devising their curriculum, work with local engineering employers who come in and deliver a bit of the curriculum or who revise the curriculum each year with the teaching staff and make sure it's up to date and captures all of the things necessary for the sector. It would vary depending on the curriculum area. You know, for a sixth form college with A-levels, the stakeholder group might be universities who might come in Mm. and deliver talks to students about the sorts of things they do at university if they were studying law or accountancy or whatever it might be. So the nature of the stakeholders is different depending on the type of college. But for that strong judgment, we'd want to see the top level strategic stuff going on and the curriculum input. It's very important to see it both in in the classroom and at the top level strategic thinking. Kate, so looking at the other end of the spectrum, I'm sure if if there are college leaders listening, they'd be interested in where colleges are perhaps falling down on, on this measure. So where we have found that they've not been up to scratch, what typically isn't happening that should be? I think It would be fair to say that most of the colleges are making a reasonable contribution to meeting skills needs and where they are not quite meeting the strong criteria generally that they're not consistently involving those stakeholders in the design and implementation of the curriculum to make sure they're preparing those learners for future work or future education. And that's one of the criteria that we see repeatedly. It's not consistently done. It might be happening brilliantly in A-level psychology, but there's nothing really happening in the engineering level three course. The other area is making sure that not only is that curriculum well planned and well taught, but those learners, including apprentices, are actually learning skills they need. Do we talk to the learners and apprentices to get their perspective on on their training and how well they feel prepared for? Yes, very definitely. Yeah. And to the employers of apprentices as well. So we'd ask the employers, are the skills that the apprentices bring to the workplace up to date and current and useful? And we'd ask the apprentices how they feel about the skills they're learning. Are they learning them in a coherent way? The usual kind of curriculum questions. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in this area of how we're preparing learners for the local economy and the national economy. We we talked a little earlier on the balance between the two. 
to what extent are we reflecting what's already there, broadly speaking, in terms of job opportunities, I, I guess, and to what extent are we trying to move that market to create more skills in the economy in certain priority areas? So I'm thinking about it's like green technology, for example. Yeah, how how sure. much of that play into our, our work? Well, as inspectors go into each college for an enhanced inspection, they receive from our data and insight teams in Ofsted a very detailed skills analysis, which looks at the part played by the LSIP in the area, the Local Skills Improvement Plan. It looks at skills shortages across the region, sub-region, and in the local economy. So the inspectors are very well briefed about the way the college positions itself and about the needs of the local and regional economy as well. Often we'll find that, you know, colleges have identified a shortage area with their stakeholders and maybe they haven't put courses in just yet, but they're planning those things. Not everyone can react to a skills shortage or a skills need instantly. It takes several years to perhaps develop programs and develop expertise among staff. But we recognise work in progress where it's happening. And how much of this sort of enhanced element feeds through into the overall grade that we give a college? How does it stack up with the other aspects that we look at on inspection? There's always an influence. I very much when we're talking about skills and and making sure that learners are developing the skills that they need. There is, of course, a crossover with the quality of education. And there is, of course, a crossover with how well the leaders and managers are leading and managing Mm. that aspect. But uh, as Richard already said, we make a sub-judgment using a set of criteria, which will give them a separate judgment, separate from the overall effectiveness and and the key judgments, even though there will be an element of it that will filter into it all. You can certainly see why this area is so important, because ultimately it, it is about people leaving college something that's really useful to them in terms of their future employment to the economy in terms of its future sort of health and it may be that you know we find that for example you know construction is a particular need and a sector priority in an area and the college we go to doesn't offer construction but they will say to us in one of our many conversations well the reason we don't do it is because the college down the road are doing a jolly good job of it and so therefore we work with them and they do construction and we focus mainly on engineering because that's where we are experts. And so the conversations we have with the leaders and managers make sure that we understand how the sector priority is met if if it's not directly themselves. It's important in a metropolitan area or a large city that we take into account the other providers in the neighbourhood, in the kind of locality, and we look at the way Providers map their provision across one another to make sure there's no overlap and no unnecessary duplication. That's really interesting. And thanks very much. I think that's has been a really good look at this area of work. It's clearly really important and growing in importance. So thank you for your time, Richard and Kate. And thank you to everybody who has listened to this podcast. If you want to hear more from us, do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and listen out for the next episode. Ofsted Talks. Ofsted Talks. Ofsted Talks.